0: We are just about done with our series about the Holy Spirit uh, as we've been going through the book of Acts and uh, what we've been doing over the summertime. If those of you who've missed some of what's been going on over the summer because of vacation and so on and so forth, we've been looking at how the Holy Spirit worked in the early life of the church And we've come to understand that Luke was the author of Acts, and he describes for us the Acts of the Apostles through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit as one who would be just like him, who would come and lead us, and us being part of the church in all truth. Jesus talks about this in the Gospels. He talks about this in the Gospel of John, that the Holy Spirit would be a a counselor, a comforter, one who would stand by you and give you strength and power for living each day. This Holy Spirit would literally be God's divine presence among us, not only among us, but that the Holy Spirit would actually dwell in us. And so Jesus said, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send you one just like me, the same essence as me, that will walk with you, that will give you power for living. And Jesus talked about this with the disciples in in Acts 1.8. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses all over the world, not only in your town, but all over the world. And, 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 And my desire is that the body of Christ, that the church here at Living Word, would know and understand the power of the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit wants to be a living, breathing thing in your life each and every day because it's God Himself. And so what is this power that that Jesus is talking about? Well, when the presence of the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it gives you power to have victory over sin. It gives you power to to speak of what Christ has done in your life. It gives you the power over Satan in any Uh, demonic force power to be used in the gifts of the holy spirit where where god uses you to do do things that you would otherwise never have done in your own strength somebody say amen, amen right me standing up before you here right now speaking in front of you is the power of the holy spirit because when i was a kid and a teenager and i had to do an oral report i would just freak out the night before i wouldn't sleep i was terrified to speak in front of people I hate it and some of you know what I'm talking about like when I have to get in front of anybody I'm just I, I panic I, I'm terrified I was the same way thanks be to God who gives you the power through the Holy Spirit to do things that you could never do on your own um, he gives us the power and gifting to the Holy Spirit to pray for somebody to be healed The, the gift of faith the Bible talks about to give you great faith to help you overcome a difficult situation the gift of knowledge or wisdom for for a certain situation to know God's heart, the gift of prophecy and edification of the church to help grow and, and and change the church, to get in line with what God desires for us. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts as He wills. And what I want to talk about today in the last couple of weeks we have as we finish up this series on the book of Acts and the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to look at the topic of hearing the calling or hearing god 's voice, the calling of the holy Spirit, and, and when do I know is it the voice of the spirit, or is it just me have you ever have you ever wondered that I, I, I know something has impressed my heart, but but is it really God? you know my, my children know my voice when i 'm when i 'm uh, talking to them right they, they, they know your voice, my wife knows my voice when I, when I hear when the phone rings and i pick it up and did i just say ring the phone doesn't well does it ring still i don't know with the smartphones i guess does it ring Uh, okay well you can i guess get a thing that makes your phone ring. but anyways when when i pick up the phone i know right away my my wife's voice because i know her voice i've been married to her for many years so i know her voice my kids know my voice i know my children's voices and and we see through the book of acts the spirit literally speaking and leading the apostles to go and do certain things. And we need to ask ourselves, does the Holy Spirit still do that in our age today? Does God just kind of leave us to kind of guess what we're supposed to do? And and does he still prompt us? And can he still convict us of things that we need to be convicted of? The answer is a resounding yes. And so what we want to do is I want to look at this one passage in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, and it's the Macedonian call where, where Paul is is called by a, a dream that he has to go and bring the gospel to Macedonia to a gentleman that needs to hear it. And and that message within itself is a really cool message of, of how God called him to this certain individual to bring the gospel message. And that could be a whole message within itself. But what I want to specifically look at this morning is not so much that particular topic, but how Paul listened to the voice of God. And, and can we still hear that voice today through the prompting of the Holy Spirit? So if you've got your Bibles, or you've got your notes there in front of you, you can look at the screen. Let's look at Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. And let's see what happens here and uh, how important it is to hear the, the voice of God. And, and we're, we're looking at Paul's missionary journey as God has called him to go and spread the gospel message to those countries further from Jerusalem and Palestine and into the areas of what is now modern-day Turkey and Macedonia and Greece. And and Paul goes to these areas and shares the gospel message. And so let's pick up the story here in verse 6. And it says, They went through the the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak a word in Asia And when they had come to Misha, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Misha, they went to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go into Macedonia Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, how many of you understand that God ordains us or calls us to share the gospel message? There's not there's not some special calling that you've got to come to me and I've got to lay hands on you and bless you and go preach the gospel. How many of you know that that when you become a follower of Jesus Christ? The mandate is to follow the Great Commission and to go into all the world and share what Christ has done in your heart. Can I have an amen? You all understand that. That, That's not just my job or Pastor Mike's job. That's the church's job. And let me just encourage you as we jump into this the fall season, I want to encourage you in two weeks we're going to start a new series called Finding the Will of God or Knowing the Will of God. I want to encourage you to bring somebody to church. Because I believe out of any question that's ever asked of me is how do I know if this is the will of God in this particular situation? And we're going to do a seven-week study on knowing the will of God. So you're going to know what it is. Isn't that great? So you can't miss a week. So that starts in two weeks. Invite somebody to that. And let God encourage you to invite a neighbor, to invite a family member to church and, and begin to... Be bold in your witness for him, so but I want you to also know is that we, we see this prompting of the Holy Spirit to specifically to go to this certain place and to reach out to this certain Man, and and I love this story because the background is Paul is traveling through the region of Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey, and he's traveling through Greece and would eventually go to Rome because of his imprisonment for preaching Christ. Do we have that map? Because I want to show that map real quick of where, uh, where Paul was traveling because I want you to understand that where Paul traveled, he mainly traveled by foot. Wherever he went, so God is leading him. It's on a second missionary journey. You can kind of see the Mediterranean Sea. You can see where Palestine and Jerusalem is, and you see Paul has gone to the north here, and he's traveling through Asia Minor. You see Galatia, uh, Bithynia, and and God is calling him to go all the way over to Macedonia and to Greece. Now, where he originally was uh, preaching in Asia Minor, God is going to call him 400 miles away. To go to Troas, and that's where he gets the vision, and then he's going to call him to go all the way over into Greece and Macedonia. Now, what's interesting about this, and I've shared this with you before, I believe one of the reasons why why Paul was so close to God is because he had so much time alone with the Lord. Because every place they went, they had to walk. Can you imagine walking for okay, Lord, you want me to go? Okay, you, you're you're calling me to go to Virginia tomorrow. Okay, let's start walking. You know, it's like Forrest Gump. You just start running wherever you're going. Okay, so here they are. They basically have to walk there. And I believe because of that, they're able to hear the voice of God and the prompting of the Spirit because it's so much time alone. There was no distractions. How many of you know that in your life, it can be so distracting between the iPad and the iPods and the cell phones and the smartphones and all these things that can just distract our time i was i was the other day we we're where were we we were somewhere i can't remember oh we we're clothes shopping for the kids for school and we're in this one one store and i'm sitting there looking at my phone and i just stopped a and i looked around everybody around me like six people were all looking at their phones nobody's talking everybody's looking at their phones you have eight people in the same room in different worlds that's how, how many that's our world today. And I believe the reason why Paul was so close to the Lord is because there wasn't all those distractions. So this is Paul's second missionary journey of three that he would take in this region. So here, the Bible tells us, as we read in this verse, that Paul is led by the Spirit not to speak in Asia at this time. Now, not that these areas were not important to evangelize and they would eventually be evangelized, but Paul was led to this city of Troas where Paul would have a vision to go to Macedonia in the northern part of the Balkan Peninsula, Greece being in the southern part. So Paul travels 400 miles, most likely by foot, to Troas. And what's interesting here is how the Spirit led them. Now I know this can be a a, a very subjective subject and we need to be careful here and not to be led astray when when we talk about the Spirit leading us. We need to understand the difference between the Spirit leading us and God leading us and the pepperoni pizza I ate last night because let me just tell you, pepperoni pizza eaten after 8 o'clock at night can give you all kind of weird dreams, okay? So just warning there, okay? So be careful there. But what I love about this is that here? Paul is in an area, and he's forbidden to speak. You're like, well, God, that doesn't make sense. I mean, shouldn't we always be telling people about the gospel? But at that time, God had something more important for him to do at this time. And here's what it just here's what just grips my heart. Paul was so sensitive to the spirit of God, and so attuned to the God, and so attuned to God that his agenda was put on the sideline to listen for God's agenda. Now, follow me here, okay? Let's listen. You, you and I can be doing great things for God, right? But some of us put God on a schedule where we say, okay, God, we're doing all these great things for you. But how many you know that we can, we can do all these things for God and then say, okay, God, now I want you to bless my things that I'm doing for you. And guess what? It may not be a God thing. It may be a your thing that you're trying to have God bless you. And my heart for you is that you would be so attuned to the Holy Spirit that you would allow God to mess up your plans sometimes. How many of you have ever been just set on an agenda and you've had this agenda and you're doing this and all of a sudden something got thrown in that agenda and you're all irritated because you either got a flat tire or your plans got messed up. And because of that, you're able to share with somebody the gospel of Jesus Christ. Has that ever happened to anybody where where you're... And I want to be so attuned to the Holy Spirit that when my agenda gets messed up, I'm just sensitive to what God is doing saying, hey, God, maybe you're up to something different here, and maybe my schedule needs to be messed up here because you've got something greater for me to do at this time. Somebody say amen to that. So we need to be sensitive, and this is what I love about this story is because Paul is a a, a human just like you and I he's got he's got issues Paul's not perfect but he's sensitive to the Holy Spirit so the question is how do I know if it's God or if it's my flesh because how many people say well I'm not sure if this is God pastor I mean is this really God or is this just my flesh speaking is this or is this really the spirit we've got some examples here in the Old Testament In the Old Testament, Samuel the prophet heard the voice of God speaking to him, and he didn't even recognize it. He had to ask Eli the priest to help him recognize the voice of the Lord. And Eli said, Samuel, that's the voice of God speaking to you. Have you ever done that? You think, I'm not sure if this is God. Then you go to somebody else and say, man, that that, that just... That may be God speaking there, I don't know, but that may be God. You may need to follow through with that one. And and I love uh, about Gideon in the book of Judges who got a direct revelation to God to go defeat the Midianites, yet Gideon uh, three times had to give a sign from the Lord to understand, is this really you, God? Is this really you, God? Is this really you, God? And God kept confirming, yes, it's me, go defeat the Midianites. So what can we learn from Paul? Well, I believe this can help us today when it when it comes to being led by the Spirit of God and being sensitive to the Word of God. So let me give you a couple of things. You can follow along in your notes. I've got these points there for you in your notes. First of all, let, let, let's give some precautionary things here. Let, let's give some caution to the wind, throw caution to the wind here about, uh, about being careful when you're listening to the Spirit of God. Let me just say this first of all. God will never, ever, ever ask you to do something that is contrary to his word. Everybody say amen, okay? So if you're talking to somebody and they feel like, oh, I really believe this is God's will, and and I believe this is God talking to me, and it's contrary to God's will, you know what the answer is? No, it's not. Because you're acting in direct violation of God's word. God will never act uh, through his will in direct violation and, and contradict his word at the same time so we have god's written word to help us and to direct us in what is right let me give you a couple of scriptures here psalms 33 says for the word of the lord is what it's upright and all his works all his work is done in faithfulness psalms 119 11 i have stored up your word in my heart that i might not do what sin against you So God's word, we will never sin against the Lord and his word if we truly understand the word of God. We're not going to do something that's contrary to his word. His word, the word that's hidden in our heart will lead us to do righteous things. Psalms 35 says, For every word of God proves what? True. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And I love Psalms 119, 105 is one of my favorite verses. Your word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word will lead you. Now, the context of this verse is that God will lead you just enough for each step, not way down the path, but each step. And the, the context here is when someone had a light, what it basically was was a bowl with a pinched lip, enough for the wick to go into the oil and it wasn't a very bright light, bright light, but it was just enough for their feet to see what the next step would be. So I just want to give you a little illustration to show what it was like. If you could turn off the lights real quick. I've got my flashlight. Okay, I didn't know it was going to take this long. There we go. Okay. So if if you've got a light, this, I wish it was a lot darker, but if you've got a light, basically I've got my little LCD light here it was basically just enough so you could see that's better just enough so you could see each path now there are stairs in front of me and I would completely fall off the end of these steps if I didn't see but just enough light gives me enough light to see each step so I can walk down these steps hopefully without killing myself does that make sense so God's word is a light you can turn the lights back on because Jesus is the light. Amen. Okay, so God's word is just enough. He gives us that light for our path to guide us and to lead us. And I know some of us here like, well, I want to know what he's doing like five weeks from now. a year. I want to know. I want to just look out over there and say everything's going to be great. What is this plan five years from now? And God says, listen, my word is enough for you. Each and every step that you take in your life. Trust me with each step step can you imagine if we woke up every day and just said god i'm gonna live for you moment by moment not next week not and i know some of you are big planners and you got your five-year plan and you got your 10-year plan you know what god says to that (laughs) That's what he says to that. Because you know what happens? Not that it's wrong. Not that we shouldn't plan. That's wise and being good stewards. I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is sometimes we get so far ahead of God that God says, I've got blessings for you today in this moment. And you're so worried about next week or next month or next year that you're missing what I'm doing in the moment. God wants us to be people that live in the moment. Come on, we we rob ourselves of the joy that God desires us to give us in the moment because me personally, I'm so worried about next week or what's going to happen tomorrow, and we we've got this little chalkboard thing on our um, shelf in our kitchen, and and my wife writes little things on it. She like. She'd at the beginning of the summer, she wrote Sweet Summertime, and the kids are like, yay, on the chalkboard, "Where's a Sweet Summertime, and then she just wrote out it, five more days till school, and so I walk in the next day, and I see this school crossed out, I hate school, school stinks, you know, it was kind of funny, I'm like, I'm like, you know what, we probably need to live for the, we need to enjoy the last couple days we have a summer, and haven't we had a beautiful summer Enjoy, I mean, I know I'm telling my kids, well, let's just enjoy today because today's a beautiful sunny day. We can still enjoy these things. So let's enjoy, because I know for me, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm, even today I was pulling out of my, um, out of my garage I saw my snowblower there and I'm, I'm just thinking, I just thought to myself, I go, man, I'll be using this in two weeks. You know, I'm not, I should, <laughs> should I get this thing ready? Should I, you know, and I'm like, I'm robbing myself. Today's going to be an 82 degrees sunny day and I'm robbing myself of the joy that God desires to give me today because I'm worried about snow blowing my driveway. Okay, so don't we do that though? And, and we wonder why we're so worried and, and why we fret over things and, and why our joy is robbed Because we're not living by the moment. That's what I love about Paul in in this chapter in 16. He was living by the moment, listening to God each and every moment. God, what do you desire for me to do today? So so we understand that that his word is that light that gives us enough for each and every step. So God is never going to do anything contrary to his word. He's never going to cause you to do something that's immoral so you can listen to his voice. What's the second thing that God does in knowing and hearing the voice of God. We'll understand that God can speak to us through his word. Somebody say amen. So when we immerse ourselves in God's word, we can actually hear the voice of God through God's word. Have you ever felt this way? Um, how does the pastor know what I'm, what I'm going through right now? What's going on there? Have you, have you ever done that? Does he have a bug in our house? Um, why is he speaking right at me? Um, and that's why I'm careful not to look anybody right in the eye because I don't want them to think, why is he, does he know something that I don't know? Um, it's not me. It's, it's God. It's, it's God's word. We, we are blessed to have God's written word for us. We can read it ourselves to know what God's will is for our lives. It's our roadmap. It, 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 will, it, it will give to you the voice of God, and it will lead you in righteousness. It will convict you in areas of your life that, that need changing. I... I love this passage in 2 Timothy as Paul writes to Timothy to instruct him to be a good pastor and to be a good leader. And he says this to him. He says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and and it's profitable, it's, it's good, it's beneficial for teaching and reproof and correction and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So here the word of God is just not something that's dead, not something that is lifeless, but it's actually his living word that was breathed out for you and I. All of his words is alive and and living that can speak to you. So God speaks us through his word. God also speaks us through his his creation. And In fact, when you look up at the stars at night and and the sun and, and you look at the heavens, God is shouting to you by saying, I'm pretty awesome. In fact, I am awesome. And in fact, I desire for you to worship me. And we can look at the expanse of the universe to the tiniest of molecules and say, God, you are awesome. And look at your creation. When we were on vacation a couple weeks ago at at Cuca Lake, I, I I couldn't fall asleep, so I went out the warm night. I went out in the dock and I was just looking up at the stars, it was real dark there, and you could see things. I go, Man, I just want to see a shooting star. I just want to, I, Lord, can you just give me a. I know it's not a meter shower right now, but but can I just see one? I'm not, kidding. I was there five minutes and I saw one. It was just so. And I go, Okay, Lord, that was pretty cool. I worship you. You're awesome. Now bring one and let one dive right into Cuca Lake and burn up. That would be really cool, God, if you. And that didn't happen, but, but it, it would have been cool. And, and what I learned is that, is, is this. This is what I learned. I, I, I Googled this because I was really interested. And, and what I learned is that, that a, meteoroid, a meteoroid is actually a space particle that, that, that's going through space. And a meter is the trail that it makes. And a meter, right, is when it comes to Earth and lands in the ground and you actually have that piece of rock. So I told that to Wesley. Wesley goes, dude, I learned that in Philemon. It's like, well, I just learned that in Google. So I thought that was pretty cool. So God is so incredible in his creation. So when you look up at the heavens, there are no excuses for us to know that there is not a God. And in fact, he, you think, well, I don't hear God today. Just look at his creation. He's shouting to us that I'm an awesome God. Look at my creation. And I've done this for you to show how awesome I am and would you worship me. I love this passage in in uh, Hebrews 4 12 it's just a great 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 scripture it says for the word of God is what living and active in fact the Hebrew writer says it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joint and marrow it gets to the places where nothing else does and it's discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart the meaning of ...of this passage is this, is that God's word, this is his personal utterance to us, it's meaningful. The word of God then acts as, in fact, God himself... He will speak through his word to lead and teach you. Notice his word gets right to it, right to the heart. It cuts through all the fat. It it will speak to your innermost thoughts and intentions. That's what God's word does. When you read it, that's why you feel a conviction in your heart many times because it's not just a book that you're reading. It's actually God's word speaking to your heart, showing the areas that need to change in your life. So we know, okay, God will never speak to us to do something that's contrary to his word. He will lead us through knowing his word. When I read God's word, he will direct us and teach us and correct us. He will, he will speak to our hearts. So the question then remains, how do I know when it's God telling me to do something? Once again, we remember, he's not going to tell you to do something contrary to his word. But here's the third thing we need to know about God's voice. And here's the thing that we need to understand about Paul and why Paul was so sensitive to the heart of God and to the word of God is that God can also speak to us through prayer. When we are in communion with God and we're listening to God and we're sensitive to his Holy Spirit, he can also speak to us through prayer. Listen to some of these passages. Uh, Many of these passages are in in the, the book of Psalms. But look at Psalms 143. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love. For in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go. To you I lift up my soul. Here the psalmist is crying out in the morning that I would know of your steadfast love. Let me know the way I should go. There's that intimacy in prayer uh, that we can have with God through prayer. Psalms 37.7 says, But be still before the lord and wait patiently for him fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his ways over the man who carries out evil devices be still before the lord and wait patiently before him how many times have we've just gone before the lord in prayer and just waited on him not 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 god does want to hear your requests he does want to hear your your prayer request that's fine but how many times have you just gone before the lord and sought him any major decision that you make in your life you better bathe that thing in prayer you better bathe it in prayer and say god you know i'm just going to wait for you here i don't want to miss you here i'm going to i'm going to seek your face in this direction of my life i'm going to read your word because i want to have the confidence to know that i'm seeking your face that i'm not making rash decisions based on my flesh but based on that, I want to know you and I want to know your word. And, and we're going to talk really in depth on how we can know the will of God in two weeks as we go through that series. So we're going to really jump into this a little bit uh, much much deeper. Psalms 25, 5 says, Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. There's a person that's living in the moment that's waiting on the Lord all day long. God, you have me in this situation. God, let me listen to your voice. How do you want to lead me in this situation? Am I sensitive to your voice? James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. He who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. What a promise that is. You lack wisdom in a situation, go to the Lord. Say, God, I need your wisdom in this situation. I want to know your heart. So, I think the point is that we need to wait on God. The Holy Spirit can prompt us and, 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 and lead us. And this is what I love about the examples that we see in the Word of God. And, and Paul, in his writing to the Corinthian church, gave a wonderful example of a bunch of churches in Macedonia who were very poor, but heard about a need in Jerusalem. And the need in Jerusalem is they were very poor and they needed to take an offering for them. And Paul wasn't even bothering the church in Macedonia. He was actually bothering the churches in Corinthians because uh, they had more money and they were more wealthy. But this poverty-stricken church, churches in Macedonia, begged Paul to give. They wanted to give to help these brothers and sisters in Jerusalem who they didn't even know. They were prompted by God, prompted by His Holy Spirit to give and to be open to the lord about about how we should use our finances that's just an example of allowing the heart of god and the word of god and the spirit of god to lead you and to prompt you even in your giving the word of god says that you should set aside a sum each week that you're going to give unto the Lord. I know, I know we talk about the tithe and we talk about this principle that's found in the Old Testament about 10% of your income, you give it to the Lord. I like what Randy Alcorn says. That's just training wheels. That's not to be legalistic. That might be a good starting place for a lot of us to give that first to the Lord. And that's the principle there. It's just the first, the first of my income, the first of my time, the first of my week. That's what God was trying to teach the Israelites, not to be, not to be legalistic about, about this. But can you imagine if we got to the point where we just said, Lord, I just want you to lead me in my giving i i, I want to be prompted maybe there's maybe there's somebody that's going on the missions trip and Lord, I want you to prompt my heart just to 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 give to that situation and so many times I think we get so mechanical even about giving that we give the same each week and we're so mechanical that that we might even just listen to me here okay just Be kind and give me your ears just for a minute, okay? Let me just slap you around a little bit. No, I'm just teasing. Just listen to me a little bit here. Can you imagine if we got to the point where we said, God, here's my checkbook. Here's my bank account. Lord, I want you to speak to me about my area of my giving. And I'll tell you what, I, I read this book on vacation, beginning of the summer, this book called Radical by David Platt, and it just it just put a hurting on me it put a headlock on me it put a spiritual headlock on me and just did a whooping on me because the whole book just talks about generosity and giving and sacrifice and really what are we giving to the lord it convicted me so deeply about every area of my living is specifically the area of my giving not just financially but my life Can you imagine if we just got to the point where like, Lord, I just want to be so sensitive to the area of giving and using my finances to to help meet needs. And how many know there's needs always around us, but really praying about that. Lord, I see these needs around me, and and Lord, I want to be able to be used by you to to, to give and, and to be a source of blessing, a conduit that you can work through. And speak to. And I know some of you have either been you've been recipients of, of, of God's blessings, or you've you've felt the call of God on your heart and the prompting of the Holy Spirit to give to certain situations. You may even felt prompted in your heart just to, to pray for somebody at the in the middle of the night where, where God just laid somebody on your heart just to just to pray for them. That I want to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that God has got that much of my heart. Does that make sense? I'm not not talking about kookiness. I'm not talking about listening to some preacher on TV with a white polyester suit with his hair slicked back saying if you don't give to the ministry, the ministry is going to fail tomorrow. That's just tools of manipulation to, to want you to give. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you having such a close relationship with the Holy Spirit when you're living moment by moment that you're impressed by His Spirit. To give to a certainty that you know you need to give to, and you're going to step out in faith and just say, God, I'm going to listen to you here because because I want to obey you. I just want to listen to your voice. I don't want my life to become so mechanical that I only do it a certain way, and then maybe I'll listen to you. I want to live moment by moment. I mean, and I miss God. I'll tell you, I miss him a lot when he speaks to me. I, I know this happened to me like a month ago, and we were at a restaurant and. There's a guy, I could tell he was out of town. He was in this restaurant we always eat on Sunday afternoons. and The Lord just impressed my heart. Just pay for his meal. Just pay for his meal. Uh, You could tell he was out of, he asked for directions and stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm listening to the back of my head. I'm like, I'm not going to want, this guy's going to think I'm crazy. You know, and I walked out, and I'm driving home, and I'm telling you what, God said, pardon, you missed it. You should have paid for his meal. And so many times I'm arguing with God, thinking, well, that God is not God. I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like it happens all the time. So you don't try it when you go to a restaurant with me, because I ain't paying for your meal, okay? So don't, don't try it, okay? Because it ain't going to happen with you, okay? Um, just saying. Um, but it was just, you know, when you just know, and 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 I just, I, it, it was like, you, you, you learn these lessons, and when I get home, and the next morning when I was praying, it was still heavy on my heart, you know, and. And the Lord just, what he revealed to me, was like, Barden, I just want you to be sensitive to me. Even while you're sitting eating a meal and you've got this agenda and you're getting ready to pay for your meal and you just want to go home and rest, I want to have so much of your heart that I can even speak to you at that time. Do you know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we get to the point where we're just like, well, you know, it's got to be at church. It's got to be some big spiritual moment when God has to speak to my heart. No, it can be in a restaurant or in Tops or at your job where, where God's prompting you to pray with somebody. To, you know, you see somebody there that you know is hurting and you just reach out to them and say, you know, I notice you're kind of down today. What, what's going on? Can I pray for you about anything? I mean, that's how sensitive the early church was to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, that Paul had a vision of a man that needed to hear the gospel. He dropped everything to just say, you know what, we're not really sure if this is the Lord, but you know what, we're going to follow, we're going to step out in faith because we believe that God is calling us here. Does that make sense? And that doesn't have to be kooky or weird, but it's just being prompted and, and being sensitive to his Holy Spirit each and every day. You know, listen, you, you may think it's, it's not God and you may think, well, is this really the Lord? Is this really not the Lord? But sometimes I think we just need to take a step in faith and, and just step out and, and listen to God. And that's why Paul, I believe, was so in tune with the Holy Spirit because he was told not to preach in Asia and that sounds crazy and they would eventually be reached. But yet God had this other plan for him and he was just like, I'm gonna obey the Lord here. I'm just going to listen to the Lord. I know I've got my agenda, but I want to be on, on God's agenda. So listen, here's the rule before we take community. Here's the rule. Apply what you hear to the truth of Scripture, and you'll be able to recognize God's voice. Listen, when you're reading his word, he's going to speak How many when you're just reading God's word, and it just sometimes the words just jump out the page. I know right now I'm, I'm, I just got done reading through Chronicles, Oh, my goodness, Lord, help us. You know, it's just like sometimes there's just these plethora of names and genealogies that you just want to kill yourself after reading it because it's just like, oh, my God, I can't even pronounce the names unless I try to read it. But you know what? It's still His Word. It's still His Word. And and sometimes I jog and I listen, I listen to Scripture, too, and I'm jogging. All of a sudden, something will just jump out. And I'm like, oh, man, I never knew that. I forgot that was in there. And all of a sudden, God will just, through His Word, just speak to my heart And areas that I know I need to be sensitive in. I mean, even when I was going through the the passage there with David's sin with Bathsheba and and Uriah, her husband, when he came back and David tried to get him to stay with his wife for that night to cover up David's sin and Uriah wouldn't do it. He goes, how could I do such a thing to God when when God's ark is out in the field and and his men are out in the field fighting a battle? I can't enjoy my relationship with my wife if my men are out there. I've got to be out there. He just showed, and I got a sermon on that whole thing. And as I was jogging, I was like, the Lord just spoke to me, Barden. that's integrity. This man showed the Hittite, Uriah the Hittite, not even an Israelite, showed integrity before me. And it was like, here I'm jogging, and I'm like, wow, that is such a powerful example of integrity, of someone who made a stand and wouldn't allow himself to be diverted. God can speak to you through that. So listen, you've got to be in his word. You've got to be in prayer and right relationship with the Lord. And for those of you that feel like your prayers are just hitting off a brass ceiling, they're coming back down, then there may be some things that you need to confess before the Lord. There may be some sin that's in your life that's impeding that relationship that God desires to have with you. And that's what makes communion so important because we're recognizing the penalty that Jesus paid for you, and that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we are in that right relationship with God. Amen? So as we go before the Lord today, I just want us to worship him and bow our hearts before him and just say, God, forgive me. Let's just have a cleansing time because this is really what communion is about because Paul said you know we need to really inspect our hearts before we take communion so as we do this as we take communion today let's just examine our hearts today and if you're here today and you don't feel like God's speaking to you if you're here today and you feel like my relationship's not where it should be then let me encourage you today to say God is there anything in my life that's wayward Is there something in my life that I'm disobeying you in? Would you speak to me in that area? And I confess it to you because I don't want anything to impede my relationship with you from allowing me to be sensitive to you and to hear your voice. Amen? Listen, let's be moment-by-moment followers of Jesus that we make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Amen? Let's allow God to speak to our hearts and to be sensitive. That Listen, I'm just like you. I blow it so many times too where I feel like, man, I miss God there. I should have done this. But the Lord's loving. He corrects us for a reason, not so I could be a machine and just beat me up, but he corrects me because he loves me. He disciplines me like a father because he loves me. And he wants me to be his vessel that he can use. Amen? That's ultimately what it is, right? We're his servants. He wants us to be a vessel that he can use to be a blessing and to share his words for other, to others. Amen? So let's pray. Lord, as we come before you today and as we come to this table, Lord, we recognize what these emblems symbolize. Your body that was given for us. The cup symbolizes the blood that was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. But ultimately, Jesus, this was the new covenant in your blood that you would establish through your blood, a covenant that we could have with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And it can only happen through his sacrifice. So we're recognizing this covenant that binds us together through Jesus' blood with God the Father. So, Lord, I pray today that that, God, we would see that and know that for anyone here today that has not come to that knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they would bow their hearts to you. Lord, we understand that communion is not just for members of this church, but those that have made themselves members of the family of God, for those that have bowed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're recognizing today, your body and your blood that was given for us so that we could establish now a correct relationship with god the father thank you for forgiving us thank you for your blood that cleanses us from all our sins so as we worship you as we take communion as a family lord i pray pray that you would cleanse us and that we would learn to hear your voice today we love you we praise you we thank you that you're still speaking today that you're alive today that lord you want to direct us and guide us each and every day of our lives we love you we praise you and we thank you for these things. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. I want you to watch the video and just begin to prepare your hearts. And after the video is done, the worship team will lead us in worship. So just wait to the end, of, uh, to after the ushers serve you, communion we will take communion as, a, as, as the family of God, amen. God bless you as you worship the Lord, amen. Go ahead and show the video. you mm. go Recognize what a great sacrifice you paid for us, dear Jesus. Lord, we embrace your grace today because without your grace, none of us here could ever be saved or could be forgiven. And so we recognize, Jesus, just as you issued these on the Passover, Lord, you said, this is my body which is given for you and this cup that is given to you is my blood that will be shed for you And Lord, we understand that without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin. And so there had to be a sacrifice to appease God's wrath towards us. Jesus, you took that upon your perfect body, upon your perfect life. He who knew no sin, literally you, Lord, took on our sin. And we're grateful for that, Jesus. And so as we hold this bread in our hand we recognize your body that was given for us you were fully man and fully God we understand that you took the nails in your hands the beatings we understand that there was a a thorn made to, to look like a crown that was thrust upon your head that caused you to bleed we know that you suffered for us and for that we're thankful and so as we hold this bread in our hand, we recognize that you are the bread of life now that has come, that you fulfill all our needs, that we no longer need to hunger after anything in this world because none of those things could truly satisfy us. that will just keep us coming back for more. So we thank you for your body that was given for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's the bread together. And Lord, we thank you for this cup. It symbolizes your blood that was shed for us. And we recognize, Lord, the covering that comes from this cup that covers our sin and causes us to be white as snow now. And for that, we're grateful. So, Lord, I pray for every person here today. Lord, maybe there's things that are impeding them in their relationship with you, and I pray that you would cover their sins as we confess them before you. We pray for your forgiveness today, that we might be the servants that you desire us to be that we would live moment by moment, that we would listen to your voice, that we would listen to your heartbeat, that we would know you through your word and through prayer. And thank you, Jesus, that you desire to want to know us, that you desire to want to use us. Even with all our hang-ups and issues and problems, you still use us. Thank you for that. Thank you for your grace. Grace, grace, grace. Thank you, God, for that today. We love you, in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's partake the cup together, Amen. Amen. God is good, Amen. Listen, before I let you guys go and enjoy this beautiful last weekend of summer, enjoy your day today, Amen. Listen to God's voice today, and um, if any of you need prayer for anything that you're going through today, um, our prayer partners will be up front. We, we don't want anyone to leave without, without uh, allowing someone to be prayed for and allowing us to bear your burdens and to pray for you whatever you're going through today. So please take advantage of that if you need that today. Amen. Lord, may we go now in your presence with your blessings upon us, Lord. And we just pray for today. Give us a great day today. Let us look for opportunities today that we could hear your voice and be used by you, Lord. So this is the day that the Lord has made and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it and everybody said amen. Amen. Get out of here. Enjoy your day. God bless you guys. (laughs) Amen.